Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Board Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode, it's a little different than usual. Uh, normally, John and I come in with sort of purposes aligned, you could say, where we are trying to give y'all information about something. Maybe a hobby topic, maybe a game system. Maybe some weird idea that we've had in the back of our head for a few weeks and now we're pitching to you. But not this week, John. No, no. No? Mm-mm. Uh, this... I thought we were talking about Chaos Space Marines this week. God, no, we are not. All Chaos Noodle, all Chaos are bad. End of discussion. Don't go looking for then, nuance that obviously exists. <laughs> then what are we talking about? Uh, you Have you bamboozled me? Uh, have I been hoodwinked? You have been, John. You have been tricked. It was a clever ruse. Instead, I have trapped you on this video, this audio recording. I almost said video recording. Not yet. Audio recording to try to get you to play a new game, John. Uh, this has been coming for a long time. John, I'm going to try to get you to play Star Wars. And maybe in the process of pitching it to you, people will learn something. Sound good? Yeah, you can tell me about a Star Wars or two. Yeah, yeah, I've committed a war in the stars. But first, yeah, hobby time and games played. Really, Count Dooku's just George W. Bush in space. Does that make Palpatine Dick Cheney? You know, actually, it just might. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about. It. Play the music for the love of God. All right, John, I've been shocked to my core at realizations. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, well, so... I, Life-altering events aside, I haven't done a lot of hobby, and I haven't done a lot of uh, painting, and I haven't done a lot of reading of Warhammer, and I haven't done a lot of playing of games. But what I have done over the last three days is turning to a 14-year-old boy who is drinking Monster Energy cans and listening to Five Figure Death Punch, because I think, I really think I like the Chaos Space Marine Codex. And I know I own every other edition, so I had to get this one anyways, but I might just play it till World Eaters comes out. And also, Skaven have a new book, and I'm feeling the Warhammer again. I'm slowly getting pulled back out from underneath my rug of, I don't know, apathy? Of weaponized, destructive apathy? Yeah, and I think I'm going to just do the thing again. I think I'm going to start... As a matter of fact, when I'm done recording this episode, I'm going to go build stuff. So, mm -hmm. we'll see. It's probably going to be some terrain. going to build some orc terrain, maybe. Ooh, what a good time. I'm jelly. Uh, I think, you know, if you're feeling the call, step in gently and, uh, you know, kind of see where it takes you. A new book is a hell of a way to sort of hop back in. Um. We mentioned it last episode, but John and I have both been in a hobby slump for a little while now, um, due to probably a variety of reasons, real life and otherwise. Um, you know, just not a lot of hobby going on, and if you want to know more about how to maybe get out of a slump, listen to that episode. But it sounds like, John, you're kind of following our game plan here. Little baby yeah, steps. I'm, 
I'm trying to take little baby steps. I'm trying not to like jump in the pool as much as it is tempting to just jump into the pool. But, mm-hmm. you know, here I go, hobbying again. I'm walking back to the chaos. Your old, old boo. Just, I can't quit you. I, I stare deeply into Abaddon's eyes and grab him by the top knot. <laughs> uh, I don't like where this is going. This is awfully rule 34 of you. Okay. It's one of them podcasts now. I'm game. Spicy. Spicy. Good Lord. I have to, our show's use of the word member is about to go up 800%. Um, I feel it in the force. Ooh, that was referential. Ha, huh, Star War. Now, Joseph, what have you been doing? I've been do- is it involving the Star War? I have been doing a Star War, John. Um, yeah, I've been in a hobby slump. And it's one of those things that I didn't want to, like, force myself to do it. Or I worried I would sort of sour my uh, sort of internal connection with the hobby as a general sort of deal. So instead, I've been trying to ride a little bit of inspiration. Um for people out there, y'all don't know me really, really well, but there's one thing I love about Star... Well, there are many things I love about Star Wars, but, like, the thing I love the most about Star Wars is oddly not like the space wizards with laser swords or the giant man-eating monsters or, you know, crippling space fascism getting destroyed. No, no. Uh, my favorite thing in the entirety of Star Wars is the clones. I, I adore the concept of them... And, uh, I, they're like my favorite character is a clone and I don't know why I, I associate with them so well, but I just like, I love them. I love them as a concept. You played Republic Commando as a teenager. You probably read all the Republic Commando books. Uh, they're my favorite you, Star Wars books. Yeah. You probably, you know, saw Phantom Menace and went, meh, saw Attack of the Clones and went, hell Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I did like Phantom Menace. I remember astutely being a young kid and waiting outside a Blockbuster for it to drop so that my mom and I could rent it. And the dude at Blockbuster knew as well enough that he gave it to us one night early because he was super cool. And I don't know where that dude is, but I hope his shit is going well. Um, yeah, but you probably like were super into like Darth Maul, maybe Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. I love Darth Maul. Uh, I cannot remember a time where i have ever seen anything cooler in my life than like ray park doing his incredible darth maul choreography which was is still impeccable to this day uh you know fighting and getting ready to battle and then he turned the blade sideways and hit the button and the second lightsaber came out of the bottom in my little mind just you could do the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It still is. Still maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen. God. So good. And the movie gave us uh, Duel of the Fates. Oh my God. Maybe the best Which song. Which is objectively the best song to watch dogs fight each other. Like play fight each other too. Yes. Oh Lord. It's so good. Uh, I could not be happier about it. Uh, and I have loved Star Wars ever since. Um, so I've been trying to leverage my enjoyment of Star Wars to gently dip my toes back in the water. Um, I've been rereading, um, Republic Commando books. I think the first book is Hard Contact. By the way, if you're out there and you want to read a Star Wars book that isn't so much Space Jedi-y, uh, give it a whirl. It's kind of like reading Tom Clancy in space. It's really, really cool. 
you know, a bunch of clone, well, four clones trying to accomplish a very difficult operation with no backup other than themselves and a little bit of firepower. Incredible time. Very different flavor. And as the series continues on for the rest of those books, it it gets better and better. It's very, They're very good Star Wars books. Not in canon anymore, but they're always in canon in my heart. Yeah, I will never, ever uh, accept any argument that they didn't happen. They had to. I won't. It had to happen. It's so good. Um, and combined with that, I've been uh, playing in a Star Wars tabletop RPG run by our buddy Corwin that is just a lot of fun and has kind of got the juices flowing. And I used that to try to paint a couple of models. Uh, I grabbed two uh, units of clone troopers that I got from the starter box of Star Wars Legion that has been kind of sitting around for a little while. And primed them up and decided to give it a whirl. You know, if there was anything that could get me back to doing a little bit of painting, I figured it would be like my favorite thing in the IP. And it worked pretty well. Made my own paint scheme and just sort of dove into it and painting them all up. Although, John, I'm at an impasse and I don't know what to do. Like, I've painted them as much as I can before washing them. But I can't wash them until I give them squad de details, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I gotta give them squad markings and stuff. But that means I have to pick a squad. And I don't know what to go with. Ugh. Indecision. But I've had a blast painting them. Uh, and I've had so much fun painting them that my wife and I actually played some Star Wars Legion together. And uh, we had a really good time. It was fun. And in addition, John, I got to do a little Mr. Miyagi time over here. Which I did not yeah. see coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my wife... My wife. My <laughs> wife. Uh, my lovely lady wife. Loves her some gothic vampires. Loves it. Like, she, she watched uh, Van Helsing when she was in high, middle school, high school, and uh, it was a formative thing. I don't think we could ever go back now. She watched uh, the, the really weird Dracula movie and also formative year. We can't go back. It's now Gothic Vampires Forever. And um, for a little hobby project a while ago, I got her... Well, she didn't know I'd got it for her, but long, long ago, I had bought the Underworld Warband for the vampires... Because the models were so cool and I would worry they would sell out. And I told myself if she ever came around to the idea that she wanted to try painting, I would, you know, reveal that I had got her this gift. And uh, if she didn't come around to wanting to try painting, I would just quietly get rid of them. And uh, she decided she wanted to give it a whirl. So Devious. She, yeah. Yeah, it was a slightly dishonest, but all for her own betterment. I didn't want to like, hey, I got you this thing, so you have to engage in this thing I like. So I felt like it was better to just shut up about it until she came around on her own. Top-notch bastard behavior. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be a little shifty, it's always got to be for someone's well-being. But she decided she wanted to give it a whirl, so I've been helping her try to paint these things up. Um, you know, trying to teach her the basics of what order should you paint a model in? You know, thinking about the idea of, you know, well, where would be harder to reach first compared to where could you be messy and fix it later? Or what color should you prime it? How does a zenith all work? How can you maybe make that work for you? How to decide How between some flashes? Yeah, batch painting. Like, what order to batch stuff in? 
uh, a whole bunch of time just spent trying to gently help her get through this little four model hobby project. And I'm super proud because she finished them up and they look great. Really, really good. It was a whole bunch of great learning moments um, and hopefully was a stress-free good time. Although I know it wasn't always stress-free, but had to break through that. But you know, you're not going to be a pro painter right off the bat. And that's totally okay because this is a thing about having fun and you're good enough just doing that. But, you know, it was a good time. Also, I've seen your wife's vampires. Your wife's vampires look great. That's what Amanda, I told her. If you listen to this, your vampires, great. That's what look I look at vampires. My first mini looked like fried asshole, okay? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, like Ohio State Fair fried asshole. <laughs> it looks terrible. Hers looks kick-ass. She's like, I don't know if they're good enough. Look, what, what do you want? You're going to be Marco Frizzoni first time out? Just walking out of the room as Sam Lin's in the morning? Look, what What are you expecting? You you did great. And, uh, yes, might springboard that to some other hobbying, because she also uh, wants to paint up some Legion stuff. She loves the Mandalorians, uh, so she's painting up some Mandos now. And uh, we're going to probably play a little bit more Couples Legion and uh, have a good time. And possibly... Paint some soul blight gravelord army, but ooh, yeah, Zamboni. Yeah, yeah. If she continues to have a good time painting like she has, I think it'd be a fun thing for us to do, especially over like the winter. Perfect. So yeah, I've been uh, you know gently coming out of the slump, and also uh, doing so by proxy. So I think we're on the right trajectory. We just got to be patient and take our time. And speaking of which, John, I'm gonna throw you a lifeboat to. Just absolutely pull you out of this slump. Are you ready? The dinosaurs? No. Better. It's called Star Wars Legion. Where you could have space dinosaurs. Play the music. Hell yeah. Alright, John. So, how much do you know about this year's Star Wars Legion? So, I know a lot about Star Wars. Like, I, I have loved Star Wars as a child. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I have had a difficult relationship with Star Wars because I'm a turd. Um, yep, I know. I also was 16 at one time and was a contrarian. Yeah, I, I've kind of just, like, landed on uh, Star Wars is, is not the most uh, artistic endeavor in sci-fi literature and just media. But, like, goddamn, lightsaber's cool. And I think The Mandalorian was a great show. That show was objectively um, awesome. Yeah, Like, I don't know, Star Wars, fun. Ain't, ain't no nothing wrong with it. Um, Empire's still fascist, but, you know, it is what it is. Star Wars Legion, on the other hand, all I really know is that it's a miniatures war game that has less models than 40k, but more models than Infinity. And it's Star Wars, and it's got some of its own, like special dice maybe mm -hmm. and like maybe some special measuring sticks which is a weird thing for a war game because i kind of assume they just use d6s and tape measures you would assume then, wrong but good guess though. and then like there's light on the vehicles but like more emphasis on squads and like heroes yeah um but not like a ton of heroes like a hero maybe two well, it actually kind of depends on your faction. Some are more hero hammer than others, but you're generally like right on the money. Um, so 
sort of broadly speaking, it is obviously a tabletop war game that is set in the Star Wars universe, uh, put out by Fantasy Flight Games, which has put out a bunch of other stuff. Uh, for me, my favorite thing that they've ever put out was the Legend of the Five Rings card game, which was just magnificent. It was very fun. If, if that was your flavor, it was very fun. And the tabletop RPG, also, if it was your flavor, very fun. But if uh, it was not your flavor, you would not have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be, like, the most mechanically interesting card game I've ever played, like, even including Magic the Gathering and stuff. It was just so, so good. They have some incredible rules writers, and I can see that quality in this game. Uh, so, you're right, though. It does kind of occupy an interesting place in terms of model count. Uh, generally, when we talk about the wargaming market, uh, we talk about like skirmish games and war games. And those are sort of very far off categories. Uh, for people out there, like a skirmish game is a game where you run a small, small little group of units on a small board. So you might have like eight to ten models on the table in a skirmish game. Sometimes you might have as few as three on a table, depending on your skirmish game fighting another roughly sized uh, group of army or gang or, you know, strike squad or whatever game you're playing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have war games or like massive battle war games. And these are high model count games. Uh, these are things that you would imagine like your Horus Heresy, your Warhammer 40k, your Age of Sigmar, your Warhammer fantasy battles, uh, all games of that size where you could, with many armies, easily put down a hundred plus models on a table. I mean, John, if you play Skaven, like it's not uncommon to put down like 160 models, right? No, not at all. Lots of, lots of rat, many rat. I also play guard, which is a ton of dude, man, I'm not playing a horde faction in Star Wars Legion. If I play Star Wars Legion, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame you. Uh, although even their horde factions are not that bad. I'll get to that in a little bit, but Normally, they kind of normally games fall into one of those two categories. Star Wars Legion occupies somewhere dead in the middle where you have more units than a skirmish game, but you have much less model than when you're playing Warhammer or any of those other huge games. So it's hard for me to kind of put it in either of those categories when describing it. So it's an important thing to remember that it falls somewhere in the middle. You're going to have a couple of squads on the table. Those squads at biggest are going to be like, seven like six or seven guys in a squad and that's for like a horde unit most other things are kind of smaller little model counts even for your unit that you don't have many of and then like you said one to two heroes and you probably also will have like a speeder sometimes you might pull out a bunch of your army for a vehicle that's pretty big like a tank but generally it is more squad based um and also, what I think is interesting is that it is a game that hasn't been running for like a bajillion years, like some of the other ones on the market. So there aren't 100,000 factions that you have to choose from. There are, at time of recording, five factions that you can choose to play with a variety of builds within it. So you have the Rebels and all of the characters and stuff that are associated with them. You have, uh, on the opposite side, you have the Empire and all of the characters and stuff associated with them. You then have the Galactic Republic, the best force, and all the characters there. Uh, 
uh, they're sort of separated and put up against the separatists. And then the fifth faction is the shadow cartel, essentially the, the gritty underbelly of society in the star Wars universe. Think crime bosses and, uh, murderers for hire, Mandos, Darth Maul, all of the edgy, edgy boys that aren't turbo Ew. fascists. Yeah, John, there's a home for you there. Hey, hey. <laughs> it has Darth Maul. You're in. Um, you got me. Um, and I think what's nice is each of these factions has a little bit of depth, but it's not overwhelming as right now. You know, you could look at the five factions and see differentiation, but it's not totally saturated yet, which I think is kind of novel and worth mentioning. Because a lot of stuff out there, let's be honest, just is. So that's sort of what it is in terms of conceptually. But when you play it, uh, what's nice is I feel like it has, it's dice rolly, but there's a lot of agency that you get to do in terms of uh, how to play the game and to determine wins or losses. So for example, uh, when you go to determine who gets first turn, you have a hand of seven cards that you get to pick from. And each card has a, value that represents sort of an initiative order and at the bottom it has how many orders you can give to units and some of them have effects that go along with it and generally the balance here is that the faster your initiative and the more likely you are to go first up at the top the less orders you have down below so you're weighing a pro and con of do i want to get first action or B, do I want to assign orders to units? Because this game also operates on a random activation system. When you go and it's your turn, you choose in a back and forth manner with your opponent who you are going to activate. Or you have to draw from a random stack. Every unit in your army has a little like pog that you put in a stack that is unknown. And if you have the option to give an order or orders at the beginning of the round, you can take some of those mystery pogs out and place them next to units that you think are important for that turn. And then you don't have to draw from the mystery bag, so to speak. You could just choose to activate that unit whenever is useful for you. But doing that might mean you don't get to go first action. And first action might really, really matter. Or maybe you want one of the effects on the bottom of the card, but that means you might have to give up first turn, essentially. And that could really matter. But at each of those points, there's a push and pull of mechanics to let you make a decision rather than having a situation where you get to the game and go, all right, let's roll off to see who, who gets this turn. Oh, damn. John got it. That means I can't win on the objective. Um, at least you get a say in what's going to happen, which is nice. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, it's a different kind of approach from a design standpoint. It does require a certain lightness in other complexity, though. Yes and no. Uh, I will say the rules are fairly streamlined uh, to avoid bloat, but I think that works really well in a game like this where you have tactical decisions Rather than a bunch of minutiae list building 
uh, decisions. Decisions. Like I find in some games I play, list building is just overwhelming where there are not just a metric ton of units, but a metric ton of options to give each of those metric ton of units. And even beyond that, there are like heroes you can embed in each of those metric ton of units with weird crossovers or exclusions, which also have interactions with the items that you could give the units. And that's not including like heroes outside of that unit, which could give cross buffs to that unit. In addition to like the weapons you have it equipped, like you see where I mean, like there's just yeah, yeah, yeah rabbit yeah. holes. It's just a different you... kind of play style. Exactly. Like there are some games really enjoy those sort of rabbit holes. Uh, but that could sometimes make it feel overwhelming. Whereas here, list building is a little more straightforward. There's certainly a lot of synergies you can do, but they aren't as hard to get to. And I think that was an intentional design decision so that instead your brain is just focused on, okay, I'm going to just make good decisions and things are probably going to go okay for me. But now, of course, there are dice involved when you go to make like attack rolls and stuff. You have to roll dice. So there are still random chance involved. But I just think in the times I have played it, I have yet to have a pain point where like I feel like the chance doomed me to win or lose. Instead, when I look back on a game, I can see where I either made right or wrong decisions. And I feel like that is what swayed things more. So that is sort of the game in theory. Do you have any general questions before we move on to the why I think this is so cool? No, I think I'm going to need you to show me this game in mm -hmm. person from the, the idea of like cards being you Like I'm not... A, I play Magic the Gathering, so like cards are not a thing that confuse me. But it is the idea that you activate a card to then decide the turn order mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Which I find interesting because um, it means that there's like you almost build two separate lists when you build an army. Like you build your deck list and then you also build your model list. Mm -hmm. And they have to have synergies within each other. You do, yeah. And depending on what heroes you have on the table, gives you access to other cards. Oh, no. So, like, there are four basic cards that you always have access to. And then each hero comes with their own cards that you could choose from. To make your hand of seven. But you can only use each card one time. Right. And then it's gone for the rest of the game. So... There is some thought that has to go in beforehand and mid-game to know when you should necessarily use each one. It's it's interesting. It's a fun game of cat and mouse. You know, I might or sort of faint. Card like and model. Yeah, like I might faint I'm going for first turn, but in actuality I drop like the lowest initiative card and it's a psych out. Or something like that. Uh, very, uh, the princess bride. Uh, you know, ha, or maybe I knew that you knew that I would do that. So I won't just do it at all. Are you a Gene Sealer Cult player? You sound like a Gene Sealer Cult player. I am not. See, that army has the option issue that I'm sometimes not a fan of. There is so many options and so many model. Whereas here, you only have a couple of units and not too many models. So it leaves my brain open for the sort of larger scale tactical thoughts, which I really enjoy. But I do sometimes get a little strategy -y. So, like, that's kind of the idea of what it is. And I think it's important to put that up front, because there are going to be some people out there listening who are going to go, you know what, that's just not for me for various reasons. And that's totally fine. I get it. 
But I think in sort of giving a broad pitch and a more general understanding that, you know, this is not a full war game, but also not a small skirmish game, there are probably a lot of people who will be more interested. Uh, and I kind of want to peak interest right off the top before I get into the sort of stuff that I think is great. So I really do think people should take a look at this. Um, one, first and foremost, for a lot of people, this IP is just incredible. Uh, whether it's the nostalgia of you seeing it when you were young, or maybe you're a person who found it when you were older and you just really like the idea of it, and you just hopped on with like the Mandalorian and the new shows, both are fine. Um, but I think it is an abject fact that it is an incredibly tantalizing world that people want to engage with, regardless of how good the movies necessarily always are. And uh, this will scratch an itch for a lot of people. I, I you, you get to play the stuff that you really like in the movies. Some people, their favorite character is a miniature they can paint and play. Uh, and I just, I think that's really appealing to a lot of folks. Me included, because my favorite character is a model. And I cannot wait to paint him up. Two, um... I honestly think this game being streamlined is way easier to learn than the big games that I learned on. Like, looking back to my time learning 40k and Age of Sigmar, especially 40k, man, it was like drinking from a fire hose. And sometimes it wasn't fun to do. It just wasn't. Um, trying to keep up with these constant book drops that are changing your army lists and buying whatever the new supplement is and trying to understand the nuances that are ever shifting and all the weapon profiles for your whole army. And then the game rules themselves and some of these weird interactions and all the stratagems. And it just becomes a lot, even for a veteran player. And if you're a new player, that is doubly so. And while obviously I still play those games, so I got through it. I think this is a more gentle introduction to wargaming as a general, as like a general concept. Uh, there is, I can see that. Yeah, like there's less it also seems, It seems easier to get into from like a monetary standpoint and from a like hobby ask standpoint. Oh yeah, we're gonna get let's there. My next few points. Oh yeah. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Warhammer is a big ask for somebody because you kind of immediately pop in and go. Hey, this is going to be your primary fixation for like a couple of months in order to get ready. <laughs> like, which if you if you're someone like me who's just really into it, that's no no problem. But like, if someone's not even sure if they're into playing wargaming, it's kind of a difficult ask, and it's hard because they're like the biggest name in the business. It is, and it's difficult, especially because the IP isn't necessarily well known either. So it's not helping you on that end. But here, if you have, if you know someone who kind of wants to give a little war game a try, uh, but doesn't necessarily want to go all in, you could probably give them a little demo game of this, and it's gonna go fairly well. Even someone who's not super keen or up to date on new like dice game um, parlance and trends is gonna be able to pick this one up without a whole lot of trouble. Because there's just less, I'll say, bulk than some other games, mechanically speaking. And like John mentioned, 
there's less on the table in general, which makes it a little easier. And I, I think that's incredibly valuable, especially because it's got the name recognition of Star Wars. And sometimes that'll just be enough to take someone who's hesitant and make them want to, you know, actually give it a little whirl. Uh, and then also, I think it occupies an interesting niche in terms of the game size that really helps on the hobby end. I mean, John mentioned it, but like when you go to paint some Warhammer armies and you're looking down the barrel of painting 160 models plus, uh, that could be a lot. Um, yeah. Not to mention, you know, Shinedown's 45. You don't want to be looking down the barrel of that either. Oh, dear God, no. Um, I don't want to drift into the ashes of another life. It's, it's, a, it's just overwhelming for a lot of people, even veteran players. That's a whole lot to ask of somebody to hobby on and get ready and base and then move around on a table and it can take forever. Just ask John how long it takes to do Skaven movement phases. Uh, it's a lot easier if you just kind of uh, think ahead and position ahead of time. You, 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 you figure it out. It's all right. Or you just shove them. As a mass ball. Shh, don't tell them my secret. <laughs> Just like dust panning them across the table with a broom. Um, yeah, it could just be a lot. And this game being uh, smaller makes it really easy to, to paint up fairly quickly. Uh, I painted two clone units with their extra weapon options. They're a base size of four dudes per squad. So for me to go overkill and paint every weapon option is only 14 models. And that's a crap ton of my list. <laughs> it's not too bad at all. I'm a fan. I did it really quickly while in a hobby slump. Took no time. Um, and even the quote-unquote horde army, that's the, the droids, where you have a bunch of like B1 battle droids, those speed paint so fast your head would spin. And even that really? horde is like, what, maybe 20 models? 30? It's very different. And I think that's going to be appealing for a lot of folks. Uh, on top of the fact that, like, you, you get to paint Darth Vader and stuff. Yeah. Which I think is <laughs> incredible. And also makes games really fun. Uh, and also, you mentioned before that it makes price lower. One, it does make price lower just because you have less models on the table. So there are less models to buy. But doubly so if you're coming from like the GW sphere. These box prices, not only do you have to buy fewer of them, but they're just way lower. So incredibly cheap by comparison. I mean, we're used to some some units costing, what, 60, 70 bucks for a unit of something that you're going to need multiples of in your force. I mean, I would venture to say for the cost of two or three of those boxes of units in Warhammer to get like three boxes of intercessors, you could probably just build a whole force of Legion. Like whole army, especially with a, especially being smaller. Like even if it's if it's only like a half the size, like a two thousand point army, and also the co cost being like maybe fifteen twenty percent cheaper. Mm -hmm. Like still, you are that that it 
combines together to make a much more manageable entry point. I mean, it might even be more than 15, 20%. I mean, we might be talking like 30 more. Ooh, hey, the big 3 Yeah, 30 or more. I mean, it is way more affordable. Like, I was shocked. I think for me to pick up a character, like Commander Rex, my favorite character, was like 15 bucks. It was pretty good. Pretty reasonable. Hey, old Rex. Yeah, Commander Rex. He's the best. Um, and I just think that's wonderful. And even more so, considering that one, you have to buy less of it. Two, the things you do buy are way cheaper. And three, John, the rules are free. Like, oh yeah, I, it's just free. I've known about that with Star Wars Legion. That's one of the biggest gripes I think that most people have with GW in general is that they're like the only miniatures board game that doesn't have free rules. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, I started to try to get into it. I'm like, all right, like, where, what books do I have to buy for the clothes? And the people at the shop are like, what do you mean? Well, like, what do I have to buy to play the clothes? What you buy clothes? Yeah, but like, what else do I buy? Dude, you just, you just buy the clothes. <laughs> Everything else is updated for free on the website. And it's true. Every point update, every balance thing, every, uh, like, war scroll change, all of it updated for free. You don't pay a dime. You don't pay anything for the core rules. You don't pay anything for your faction rules. It's all just right there. You can get it whenever you want. And I love that. Um, as In terms of like ease of play, on top of my other reasons, I think that's a great one. That you don't have to come in and, one, learn a bunch of different books and source books, or buy them. Because let's be honest, when some of those books are like 50 bucks a pop in the GW sphere, it adds up. Mm -hmm. And here you just don't have to do any of that. Which I think makes Legion 1 appealing for someone who's new to wargaming or maybe hesitant to get in. You know, like John mentioned, it's easy to get sticker shock when trying to get someone into Warhammer. Like, I've had... Many a time where I will demo a game for someone who was kind of interested, and we get to the end, and they had a really good time. Like, man, that was really fun. Like, how do I do this? Well, it's probably going to be, like, $200 to start, and, like, a full force, depending on what you want to play, it's probably, like, four to six hundred, and you're going to need, like, another hundred of books, maybe more. And uh, you're also going to have to have a table to play on. And it's, it's you know, it's just a little... Oh, and those books are going to rotate, so you got to keep buying more. And it's probably going to take you about a year to get everything together. Maybe two. And if you want to... Like, like it, It's a long-term hobby, so buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, like, what do I need to play? Like, if, well, if you want to play a little skirmish game, I don't know, like 60 bucks? That's like the smaller version at like 400, 500 points. Or if you, but like, I, or if like you want to go whole hog to the full 800 point tournament level play, I don't know, like 150, 200 maybe. And I think that there's also something to be said. Like a lot of these conversations when comparing war games trend towards the this better than that. Um, but I think the other thing that Star Wars Legion provides is like, option right oh, yeah if you play warhammer and you like playing warhammer it ain't no thing to just pick up some star wars legion for cheap to play quick games with some people 
and it not be breaking the bank or breaking your budget that you have set aside for, you know, maybe your Blood Angels or your Seraphon or your yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you can just, it's easier to do both. Yeah, you read my mind. Uh, I've, I, in my notes, I have it down as the perfect dip game. Because you can, if you're already, like, one, I think it's better for noobs, but, like, if you were a hardcore player already and you're playing multiple, like, big GW systems, you've been in it for a long time, this is a really easy game to dip into. You're going to breeze into this with no issues. Uh, And I think it could be a fun change of pace for people out there who are, you know, maybe looking for another flavor of something to try something a little different. If you do, it would not only be easy for you to figure out the mechanics as rules, but also it's not going to be very expensive for you, which I think is really valuable. And every rule you have to learn will be on your phone. Yeah, that's true, John. Like in the middle of gas prices being what they are and like general cost of living going up. The price matters. It's a thing. Um, And I think all of those things together just make it a really appealing game that is cheaper to get into. It is more streamlined, which for me, this is very personal, means it can sometimes be a little more fun because I don't have to spend as much time thinking about some of the things I don't enjoy. And it's a game that I can easily get other people into to spread the fun around. I also think there's very little risk in starting Star Wars Legion for a lot of folks that are into it. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like Star Wars to some degree or have before. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've played Warhammer, you probably liked Star Wars at some point. And I think that if you try, like, there's some games you pick up, like Infinity, right? Like, the models might look cool, but if you build them and paint them and everything, you might just shove them in a box and throw them away and not look at them, right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't like the game. But with Star Wars Legion... You might pick up a faction of stuff that you really like, build them, paint them, play them, and go, man, the games are really not for me mechanically, but then put them on a shelf and still look at them. And they're still neat and fun, and they were, like, they're still cool. Yeah, because they're whatever cool Star Wars thing you like. Yeah. And I think that, based off what you've explained, like, Grant, I haven't played the game yet. I'm going to soon. You've sold me. I'm going to play a demo game with Joseph. Spoilers. Shadow Collective edgy let's go is like this sounds like something you could like if you're if you're out there and you're a dad like you could play this with your kids oh yeah very much so like and i don't like i'm obviously different kids a mature different uh speeds so some of them can handle more like neural load early on and there are some eight-year-olds out there who play age of sigmar no problem i'm sure and i will hear all sorts of like stories about it in the comments but like on it's complete the, tangent. Like, there's like a nine-year-old girl who was just slamming people in Australia at a tournament a couple weeks back, and it's the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Good but for let's, her. Let's continue. Good for her. I, I want to get my ass beat by a nine-year-old girl at Warhammer. That sounds great. Like, what a time. That sounds like the best time. What faction she, does she play? I want to know. Soul Black Grave Lords. It's amazing. I wish I was <laughs> like, that cool. Girl, it's got like little vampires. They're just wrecking people. She's cooler than me. She gets my host spot. I can't host this show anymore. She showed me up. Um, But on the average, I think kids would easily get into this game, even at younger ages on average, than some of the others. Just because it's not that hard in terms of just getting the concepts down. So yeah, like if you're a parent and you want a game to play with your kids, especially if they are into Star Wars, oh, slam dunk. 
slam dunk. You won't have to spend an arm and a leg. You're going to have a really good time. Well, like, you remember that weird, like, like uh, when Attack of the Clones, I think it was, came out, they had that hero clicks game almost where you moved the people up and you shot the guns at each other uh-huh. for star wars like and like it is if we would have had star wars legion back then we would have just played that instead of the i'm gonna go spend like eight dollars on each of these little figurines and fight with your friends with them at lunch oh for sure you uh know, it would have original be- war game it, like it would have become my passion much earlier like that's for sure um I think it would be incredible. And also, like, this thing's only going to get bigger, y'all. <laughs> we, the Star Wars... Turns out Star Wars pretty big. <laughs> yeah, the, the Star Wars IP, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but it's kind of colossal. Uh, it's kind of got a lot of Star Wars in it. There's, there's a ton, ton of... decades of Star Wars. There's so much war in the stars, y'all. Uh, and they are only barely touching the surface of factions and models within each faction in terms of units. Uh, so if you're really into a faction and you're worried, oh, they're, I'm kind of sad they're done with it. Y'all, they're not. There, there's going to be more added. Like it's, it's going to happen. I'm into clones. Clones aren't done. I don't have a drop. I don't have an LAAT dropship yet. I probably will eventually. I don't have Republic commandos yet. I probably will eventually. Uh, you know, there's a, all sorts of stuff out there that is gonna get added. So, you know, there's a bright future here. I think it's gonna be great. And also, they revealed that they're giving me Ewoks! <sighs> also Mandalorian and Grogu, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Mando does have a model with Grogu. They're together. They're mercs you can hire uh, for some of your forces. Which I think is just wonderful. And you can play Wookiees. Who doesn't love Wookiees? Giant Jack Carpets. The Empire. We liberated Kashyyyk, John. I don't care what the Empire thinks. I mean, I'm pro-Wookiee here, but like... Just saying, the Empire are the people who don't like Wookiees. <laughs> they are. And that's why they had to die, John. That's why they had to die. Um, Yeah, I just... I don't know. I've kind of dipped my toe in, and I have really, really enjoyed the water, so I'm kind of swimming around in. So I'm just going to keep playing Legion. I think it's great. It's a nice little break from what I've been doing, and it refuels my hobby meter so I can go back to the stuff that's a little more dense. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to have John have a little learning game and see what he's into. And uh, if it happens, we're going to talk about it on the show. Don't y'all worry. And if you're out there and you're really into Legion, but you thought that I wasn't quite talkative enough about a certain piece, or you got more questions, or maybe you want to break down of factions to really see which one you're into, let us know. If y'all are really into it, we can happily do sort of like faction focuses, kind of like we do for Warhammer stuff, and just do it for Legion. Or any other game out there that we talk about in the future that you think you want a little more info on. As usual, we won't really tell you the tournament winning stuff, but we'll try to give you the heart of the thing while still keeping it a little loosey-goosey and fun. We'll give you a play-by-play of Joseph just absolutely beating the shit out of me with clones, and then at the end, he will just look into the camera that is not on and go, just like the simulations. Just like the simulations. Yes, I can't wait. I'm going to do it full clone commando cosplay. It's going to be great. Um... Yeah, the uh, the DMs and the comments are open if y'all want to share your thoughts on what you want more of. And Slide them, if you would. Mm-hmm. 
and if you want to go above and beyond, feel free to uh, help a buddy out and share this podcast with other people. Maybe you heard this and you know somebody who could really be into Legion, who's maybe playing a different game of some sort. Send this to him. Act as it's sort of the icebreaker for you to maybe try a new game with somebody. Could be a great way to do it. And uh, especially with the starter sets being so ungodly affordable, you can't go wrong. If you have any interest, send it to somebody. Help us out. Get yourself a new gaming buddy. Uh, and we're going to be working on more episodes. But for now, that's all of our, all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all in the next episode.